perpetrated on Earth. And furthermore, Your Honor, this mud here ain't no angel. I shall have to look up the defendant's history. Your record shows you have ignored all laws pertaining to illegal subterfuge and also with persons verbally intimidating the intro factual demeanor even to the first part of the second part. You dog, it's creatures like you that chain the interpolitanists in a batter eye in the Universal Congress Garrison. Welcome to the Live Free Podcast with your host Mike Maxwell. Today's guest Sergio Hernandez. Recorded November 20th, 2010. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is the amazing artist, Sergio Hernandez. He's uh, considered a modern-day Renaissance man. He's a, an amazing painter. Uh, he raps, makes music, uh, he tattoos, and then he'll choke you out as a Brazilian jiu-jitsu tacticianer and, and MMA fighter. So I've known Sergio a long time, and it's my pleasure to uh, share some of his information with you. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Sergio Hernandez. What do you think about that uh, Joe Rogan podcast, though? It's good, man. Good, I listen huh? to it. Yeah, I listen to it. Um... Whenever the new ones pop out. Yeah. Well, I have a list of like six or seven podcasts I listen to almost yeah. continuously. So whenever a new episode pops up. Yeah. That's what people need to know that on iTunes that you can subscribe to these podcasts. And whenever yeah, a new sure one pops up, it, uh-huh. it, it'll uh, it'll just pops right into your iTunes yeah. podcast folder. Fuck, so it's pretty rad. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. And I'm waiting on bitch-ass iTunes. I probably shouldn't talk shit about them. So I'm gonna put yeah. it on the thing, but they're way they're they're like slow rolling me to put it up on the iTunes store. Mm-hmm. So like people can go on my website and get the podcast, or how it's supposed to go, you can go to, directly to the iTunes store, search Mike Maxwell, and the podcast yeah. should pop up. But it's taken them weeks, now, right. like two huh. weeks to put it up. Huh? Yeah, and I've resubmitted it, so I probably I'm gonna have to wait another two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for coming up and doing the show. Oh yeah, I appreciate no problem, it. Man. I uh, I got a couple questions for you, and then uh, we'll just kind of reform and Mm. talk about whatever comes up. Oh yeah. Um, were you born here, San Diego? Yep. Uh, Kaiser. Not too many of us uh, born and raised in San Diego. Thirty-two years. Thirty-two years. Yeah, that's awesome. You were too. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. I um I was the first one from my family born here. Uh, All my family is from. Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. What about what about your fans? They're all from uh, TJ, and my dad kind of was born in TJ, but he kind of grew up in Northern Cali, like in uh, Tracy, you know, all that area. Mm-hmm. And he worked hard, man, busted his ass, yeah, so. So what? So your parents were in San Diego before before you were born? Um. Yeah. Yeah. They moved here. Um. You know, I was like seventy six or something. I was born in seventy eight, so. Yeah, my dad worked for SDG&E, fucking, like, 50-hour week, something crazy or more, you know, and just going to school, too, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, he was just busting his ass, and finally I was able to, you know, do my thing eventually. Yeah. Based off you got uh, brothers and sisters? Yep. My dad's been married twice, so we got uh, three from his first marriage and then three with my mom, and then it's all, you know, we're all just brothers and sisters. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. right. That's like my family said. My parents got divorced when I was young. My dad had uh, another son, but so it's all the same. You guys keep in touch. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So when did you? You're sort of a. I, I called you a Renaissance man today. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Very <laughs> which I which I've been hearing a lot lately. A lot of people saying, you know, that that's cool. You're cool. Uh, you're talented in so many different aspects of of creativity. Yeah. Um. When did you start noticing that you had a particular talent for, let's say, drawing? Or uh, it's kind of hard. Like I never really. I always keep thinking that I'm trying to get good. You know what I mean? So I keep doing it mm-hmm. to eventually be able to say like, "Oh, I'm good at this," or "I'm good at that." But but there had to be a moment like when you like okay, so like we all make art and do like crafty things when we're kids. Like it's just yeah. a part of of, of childhood. Mm-hmm. 
But then there's those few kids that like seem to be a little bit better than everybody else, and who people sort of like notice, you know, or or for instance, for me, like I started noticing probably in elementary school, like getting into junior high, that I could draw better than other people, yeah, and that that people actually noticed it and got some sort of like grad, like they they presented like they they got something from it, like right, would right. tell me like that they appreciated it or something. Yeah, dude, there was always better. Everyone was better than me. All the people that thought they were artists in high school, all of them were fucking better than me, dude. And I was like. No, I was just writing graffiti and smoking a bunch of weed. And trying to <laughs> you know, that's yeah, what yeah. I, that was my shit in high school. But um, I guess when uh, Rudy, uh, you know Rudy from uh, Big Kitchen, yep. a good friend of mine, uh, he encouraged me to do an art show at F Coffee, which was ran by uh, Johnny back in the days. Yep, yep. And uh, I was doing paintings in school, and he, he said, oh, you could put your art up here at the coffee shop. That was probably, I think that may have been the first time that I seen your work. That was probably was the first time anyone would see my work, because yeah. that was the first time I ever showed anywhere, you know? Yeah. And that was because of Rudy, and then that was because Johnny being cool with it. Yeah. And then after that, I got so much good feedback that that, that was kind of the catalyst that was like, you, you could actually keep showing yeah. work if you want to show That was it, a know? weird little hub right there back in the day, back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Kinsey had paintings in there, Shep had shit in uh -huh. there, you know what I mean? It was pretty fucking, pretty happening, dude. Yeah. So that was the first time you, you had actually shown work to the public? First time I showed work, probably, yeah. Like, but you had to have been painting already. Yeah, because I was already in college, I think, at the time. Uh -huh. uh, I was like a freshman in college yeah. trying to do some paintings and trying to learn at the time. You know? Well, I would say probably around that same time, I, I don't think, I don't know that we had met yet or not. We've known each other for a long time. Yeah, I think I had seen your stickers, or maybe you were already putting stickers up and doing some stuff. Yeah, I was doing some postering, like a couple of street things, like before I linked up with those black market guys. Were you doing stuff with Sean Du at the time? Yeah, you were already yeah. doing stuff like post post mobiles and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that. yeah, that's me and Sean Du. Like when he when he first started his thing, like it was me and him. Like we would go yeah. and crush it. Like every week, yeah. every week, and it became like, it yeah, man. it was, uh, it was like a, it was looking back now, like I could see how influential those moments were just for me, yeah. in in more than like an artistic sense, even like the, like defying authority and like questioning, just like being a little subversive status quo, yeah. yeah, like a whole like a, one of those whole new worlds opening up. That must have been what two thousand one. <clears throat> 2001, Well, that was when we, maybe, it was 98 and 98. 97 when yeah. Chandu and I, 98, me and Chandu started rocking it really hard. And then Sick. I started working with them in, into 99. And that was, they saw all my posters and shit that I was doing. So that yeah. was sort of what got me a foot in the door to be able to grab up that job over there. And then like, yeah, with, with the black happened. Market, yeah. Yes. Like another one of those worlds opening wide yeah. open, like, holy shit. There's all these people that have been doing all these same things that I've been doing my whole life. Yeah. And people like it. Yeah. You know, it's not just for your yourself. You can actually make a living doing this. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, that was crazy. I can't believe that. But so I lived in Shep's house with in oh, the really? back house. Oh, where Chi with, with Chi, with <laughs> Mr. De Los Reyes. Yeah. And I think we had two of your big canvases in there, in there for a long wow. time before... Uh, I think, and I'm pretty sure that was before we, we met you, so, yeah, or before I met my, you. Myself looked a lot different back then, I think. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it had, like, a, like, a real, like, like, old painterly style, kind of, but, but yeah. mixed in with the things that you still do now, like, with the little houses tucked back, like, the, mm -hmm. like, that little, there was, there was always that, like, family quality, I noticed. Yeah, a lot of family. Like, familiar, or, like, yeah. like. Like rallying around, like it always seems like some sort of supportive, uh, like technique or some sort of su support system structured around. I don't know. That's what yeah. I've always got from it. And the compositions were a lot different because they were all in panels. Like I take one painting and break it into like four different spaces, uh -huh. and then each space would have different imagery in it. And somehow right. they were all kind of related. I think the like the one that we had there was a was an old lady. Oh, yeah. I think her her titty might have been out. I think there was might a been one titty yeah, out. A little bit of boob sticking out there, possibly. And there was a a rooster. Yeah. And some houses, but they were big canvases. They were like they were fucking huge. I was like four by myself. five or something. <laughs> they were like heavy as fuck, dude. I'd use like two by fours and just nail them together. Pretty grimy, dude. But I wanted those things. Sick.
But I think they were still your. I don't even think they were Lance's. I think they kind of. Nah, Lance wanted one, and I appreciate that, but I'm pretty sure it would have ended up fucking trash somewhere. That guy's such a gypsy, you know what I mean? I love that dude. Well, though. you know what ended up. Uh, I had somebody move in. My buddy moved into the spot, and mm-hmm. Lance started jacking weed from him. And so my buddy got pissed and jacked all his art. Really? Oh, yeah. shit, dude. Cause and he was taking money and shit, so it was like yeah, it was like a reputation of those man. He had yeah. a reputation. So it was like it was like an eye for an eye, you know yeah. what I mean? Like my boy got his shit back, but at the same time he's fucking my other homeboy. But meanwhile, my other homeboy is fucking the other homeboy, and I'm kind of stuck in the middle. Like yeah. I know what both of these motherfuckers are doing. Do I do I have loyalties to one or the other, or right. do I just stay out of it? Right. And like I chose to stay the fuck out of it, but That's then I still the had to get my I still had to get my balls broke by both of them. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Lance is a character, man. I still have utmost respect for that dude. Like you mentioned, his name in some circles, and they're like, "Fuck that guy," you know. Well, yeah, because there's and you know there's two Lances that that people know. You know, there's that, that shitty kid who just fucks people. You know, cause, and he has a love-hate relationship with everybody. Yeah. Who typically, I mean, maybe most people just end up hating him. But there's those moments where, like, he was he was super influential to me, like, in supporting, yeah. like, the work that I was making at, yeah. a, at a young age. Like, Can't deny it. No, yeah. I can't. I can't. It was, it was really an important time. And, like, yeah. some of that, like, one-on-one time you spend with dude and, like, yeah. the way that he would, like, he would pretty much do whatever you needed. Like, if he, if you needed somebody to get your back, he, like, had your back. Fuck yeah. On, in those, in certain circumstances. Right, right, other times. But, the but then that fool was like, Doc, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You let him stay at your house and he'll come up on all your shit. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you wake up, all your shit's gone. He took a broken bottle to me one, one day. Really? Because uh, I checked him. Really? Yeah, because yeah. I I told him like I was like you know the behavior you know whatever it was he he did he was doing something to Destin like treating Destin shitty. Yeah, yeah. Little Destin used to sleep on our couch, mm. and so I stood up for Destin. I was like, you don't be a fucking shithead, and uh, he didn't like that because you know yeah. he wants to be dominant, right? Right, right. And people who are dominant don't like another dominant motherfucker to like question their their authority. Yeah, or yeah whatever that's crazy. that perceived moment. But then, you know, and then, but then it's like he still kind of got to love him a little bit later. Yeah, he's such a prolific bomber as far as San Diego, as far as that time goes, man. He was fucking, there was nobody fucking with that guy, man. No. Bombing hard. I, I just saw at uh, the art store, there's a, there's one of those words of wisdom. Oh, to, yeah. Like monikers. Crown. Yeah. Uh, on the box that you could see like a, like a acrylic tag, with yeah. the, the tubes of acrylic. Sick, dude. Yeah, that guy but was it's painted over to, to paint illegal shit during the day, like a couple times. You know what I mean? And I had so much trust in, like, he'll just make you believe that you could pull it off. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I was, he was like, "Yeah, we're just gonna start painting right here," and I'd be like, "All right, fuck it, let's do it." And got away a couple. Times. It's almost like it was a different world back then, though, than like trying to trying to rationalize it now. Yeah, fuck, I don't think yeah, it would work as good. Maybe it will. Maybe like some fucking 19-year-old kid yeah. just getting fucking going ape shit and just doing some stuff like that. Yeah, he just had a son. Lance Yeah, I'm in New York somewhere. Very cool, man. <coughs> I just see the shit on the internet sometimes. Really? Yeah, he's yeah. going to be an interesting dad, man. Definitely. What's up with this? You done with that? Yeah, I'll hit him one more time. time. Make it work. I mean, he's counting, man. We got to smoke the shit down at the end, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So you've been making music for a long time too. Speaking of the Renaissance, right? Yeah, yeah. Since we just got, I just got your new like, your new CD. Yeah, uh, Strange Habits, the EP. That's what I like to call it, man. So, um, but yeah, right now it's like on some official bootleg type shit. You know what I mean? There's not. It's just burnt copies. I try to design the cover kind of nice though, and then I'll do it yourself. Yeah, just do it myself. Pass it out to the friends and family that are into that shit. Mm-hmm. But eventually. Um, I would like to get some distribution on it or, you know, let other people hear it and get some feedback on it. You know yeah. what I mean? That would be dope. Yeah. Because I'm kind of proud of this one. Dude. I think it came out real good. Uh, David, Psychopop, produced the whole thing. And then Tension did some cuts, and that guy's amazing. And then uh, MRR, Mike Raymond Russell, did a couple beats on there, too. And that guy got some good reputation. So. Nice. Yeah, man. 
we'll, uh, stoked we'll, on that shit. We'll put a song in right here. We'll play it like the little part on right. the tracks right, right here. Okay. And you're a tattoo artist as well. Yeah. How that's, long, that's how long have you been tattooing for now? Man, probably like six years, dude. Six years and it's fucking a blessing, dude. For the work environment that I'm in right now, uh, Dan is the... What shop are you at? Seven Seas in downtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Dan's running it and... He's the motherfucking man, dude, because uh, he lets me uh, make my own schedule. And um, he's just the ultimate fucking guy you could be working under, man. Right. So because of his working environment, I've been able to do these other things like, you know, making music when I want to or traveling when I need to or whatever it is that I need to do, yeah. I can do it, man. And nice. I think a lot of people don't have that freedom, you know, so. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's that's what's really appealing about the tattoo industry for a lot of creative people, I think. It's like the... Because a lot of us, we have to do things the way that we want to do them, like our own way, like that's we've just been sort of, I think a lot of us are on that type of path where it's like, I'm going to do this thing the way that I want to do it, and no one's going to really tell me exactly how to run my shit. And and that's one of those few jobs, the tattoo industry, that it's like... Gives you some freedom. Yeah, that you're, you're... I guess it depends shop to shop. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Because even within the tattoo community, you could be in a shitty situation. You'd be under a guy that's complete dick, dude, or or someone that's just trying to fuck you any chance they could. Yeah. And that's your tattoo work environment, man. That's horrible. I'd rather not even be tattooing, you know, if that was the case. I was going to stop tattooing um, because I was going to start tattooing out of my house, but then that wasn't appealing to me. Yeah. And um, because I was already working at a different shop. Mm Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, Dan gave me that chance, man, and uh, actually Milford was the first one to actually... Uh, Milford's tattooed me. Milford's the fucking man, dude. That yeah. guy's sick. He did my wrists. Oh, really? Sick. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's been tattooing forever. He did my chest, too, yeah. He's a fucking legend, too, man. Yeah. yeah legend. Yeah, I tattooed... I did an apprenticeship. I did a year-long apprenticeship, and it actually started tattooing. Yeah. And I was in one of those shops where it's like, fuck, being in this shop every day is shitty. Nico, and too. And I was like, you know what? I would rather be at home working in my studio making paintings every day instead of being here and doing like shitty tattoos that I'm not very good at because yeah. it's so fucking difficult. Yeah. That of, of course I would have got good at it over time and with enough practice and I was already starting to get better. Yeah. You know? But I was like, I'm That's miserable true. here. Imagine if you were in a good working environment, you possibly could still be tattooing. Yeah, you. very well could yeah. have. But everything that happens happens for a reason. So. Oh yeah, I'm glad. I, I look back and I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. And I still know how, I mean, obviously it's been almost 10 years now since I've done it, but yeah. like, I still know how to put a machine together and, you Sick. know. I don't even know how to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not the machine yeah. itself, but, you know, like, oh, right. set, up set up a machine, you know. Yeah, for sure. and, and, Make it happen. I know how to make it work. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I think there's something about tattooing that's that's so different from any other type of like painting, drawing, or like that that fine art. Yeah, definitely different. Material wise. Yeah, material wise. I always think of the obviously the tattoo needle is my brushes, you know what I mean? And that's I'm always thinking, okay, what kind of brush am I gonna use now? Obviously I don't wanna sound art. Art gay. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at this guy. He thinks yeah. he's tattooing. Fucking, he's a painter. Fuck that guy. But yeah. you know, I just like to. It's all interrelated. You know what uh-huh. I mean? But obviously, in tattooing, there's a whole customer artist relationship, right? And that's like a big part of the process, which is interesting to me. You know what I found to be the most difficult was that when so I'm kind of heavy-handed, like when I draw on shit, like I'm like pressing really hard all the yeah. time, like I'm straining my wrist, like always. There's always a, a surface where you know that, like, that's the stopping point, right? Right. So, like, you're pushing into the table or the drawing board or whatever it is that you're using. But with skin, there's no resistance. There's no resistance point at the bottom of, of the line work that you're doing, right? Yeah. You could pierce. Yeah. You could rip the, someone's skin. It's, it's creepy that... It's kind of weird. That There's not that spot that says, okay, now you stop. Yeah. Because, I mean, I 
as tattooers get better, they know where that area is sort of instinctively, right? Yeah, you don't know, they know you don't want to get right. irritate the skin too much. Yeah. I did I did a yeah. tattoo where it looked like the skin dropped like a fucking little like Really? Yeah, it was Weird. creepy, man. <laughs> no it, way. No. It looked like it looked like uh like quicksand. You know, yeah. like when quicksand that dropped was or something? while you were tattooing it or when Yeah, while it? I was building in a section, yeah. like I, I I worked too hard into this one section yeah. or something uh, and it just it looked like the skin was trying to run away. Yeah. How long were you in apprentice for? For like eight months. Really? Yeah. And it was like one of those like bitch boy apprentice <laughs> shops, right? Where like this motherfucker oh, is going to have to work for it. Like I didn't pay anything. Be clean the fucking toilet, weird. Yeah. And, and done in like an aggressive way, like a, like aggressive dominant way. And I'm, and here I am, this guy that's been like doing my own thing my whole life. You yeah. know, like I, people don't tell me what to do. Like yeah, I do. Like what a little it, bitch. And you have to put up with it. That sucks. Right? And eventually, you know, like, you stand up for yourself, you figure out the ways to, like, get your authority, like, some sort of authority back, or, like, take back some of that yeah, power. Yeah, I don't like that, man. I never no, wanted I, to be in that environment, man, and if I had to do an apprenticeship like that, I probably wouldn't be tattooing, you know, so. Yeah. It was tough, and it made it misery, and that was part of the misery, for sure. Yeah. That, uh, given another circumstance, it could have been totally different, but. Even within the art community, you know, I think there you could end up in a relationship with the gallery or, or with fucking, you know, fucking agent or I don't know, man, yeah, whatever it is yeah. the case. And they start talking to you like that. Yeah. I'm like, that's it, dude. I can't, I can't be friends with you no more. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, fucking, fucking up my vibe. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a, in a lot of, but a lot of that gets back to personal ego, though, then, too. Because if, if, if somebody acts like that, they're probably working out, like, some of their own issues, right? Yeah. So, like, let's say my, my apprentice, or my apprentice, or whatever the appropriate title is. Right. He had some other asshole who yelled at him for fucking some period of time and, like, has, like, issues in his own life and, like, shit is rough for him, right? So, <laughs> in turn, we, we tend to... Uh, project that onto other people yeah. so so the pain that somebody is experiencing in their own life they're gonna put that onto other people you yeah know what i mean yeah and make make the people around them experience it's that misery loves company right, shit, right? right so like from a personal perspective like something that i've actually been working on recently is like to not to not take those things personally and allow allow other people's emotions to affect the emotions that I have. So, like, <laughs> you want to get, like, puffed up and, yeah, you know, like, that's a great like point, take man. your spot back. Yeah, that's a good point. If you can find, like, some sort of <laughs> level of compassion for those people or, or empathy, like, yeah. okay, these people are probably going through, like, a lot of the same shit that I yeah. go through, like, look what's going on in my head. Yeah, that shit's learn, probably going on. You have to learn there. to feel bad for those people, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that's, I've, I've been really working on that lately, man. I see in the last year, I really started actually try to be conscious about that, you know, when someone's being a complete asshole or fucking trying to be a bully to someone or whatever the case. Yeah, it's yeah. it's something, it's actually something that they're going through inside, man, and they're they're probably miserable and fucking crying yeah. themselves to sleep at night and shit like that, you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm just like, all right, man, you know, I'll let it slide or fucking be cool about it, right. you know, but, but at the so same time, we, I don't want to be hanging out with that person, you know, it's yeah. like, after you finish dealing with your shit, then we could be friends again, you right. know, and, and so it's important to keep, like, the positive people around you, because yeah. it's people who are in misery that are, yeah. are, are people who are acting like that, yeah, but you can't judge the people right. that are acting like right. fucking dicks either, you have to, like, just, I, you know the, the line that I always say, it's the, the it's a Wu-Tang line, or maybe it's on the ODB album, but it's a, how could he know what the fuck he never knew? So like I try to think about that. So if if this person is experiencing something and, and is is in turn pushing it out onto the universe or whoever is around them and acting like a douche, right? If he doesn't know the reasons why he's acting like a douche, like yeah. it's just the natural response to to deal with his own the person's own personal anxiety. He doesn't even. Then know. how can I get mad at him for that? Yeah. If his ignorance is if if he has no knowledge of of the level of ignorance that, that one is portraying. Yeah. All you can do is feel sorry for them or even, you know, feel sympathetic and maybe try to help them change as yeah. opposed to like feeding that fire and being like, okay, let's fight now or, yeah. or whatever the con, let's have a confrontation. Yeah. You know, but sometimes it's just, you, it's your, physical, your right? feelings are going to take over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's really hard to control that shit, you know, because imagine if someone walks, like someone has a bad day, had a fucked up childhood and for whatever reason he smacks my kid. 
guess what, dude? I'm not going to have sympathy for that guy. Yeah, I'm going right. to fucking destroy him, dude. Right. You know, because yeah. I'm going to just go off of raw emotion at the yeah. moment, you know? There's something we still have a lot of those animal instincts, animal, you know. Yeah, this animal shit, especially yeah. in a family, like protecting your family and those yeah, sorts of well, things. Yeah, even that because some more that, animalistic, probably. Yeah. But if you know, philosophically speaking, like perfect world you ideal, like to... if we're talking about like the Buddha or like Jesus, like yeah. those real like moralistic yeah. ideals. Then you really do like turn that other cheek. You should just forgive them. Like really, yeah. that's really what you should do is forgive them and be like, "I know you're going through some shit. Okay, my kid's okay. Just you yeah, know, but whatever." You that. But it's like there's no have... way in hell, <laughs> no fucking way, yeah. someone's gonna touch one of my kids, dude. And I'm like, it's almost like a them. chemical response. Like like something kicks in in the brain that turns us into something that's that's not this conscious thinking like being that's like sympathetic it's like okay i'm an animal again maybe that was the right thing who knows man because maybe it's the right thing dude because there's certain injustice but then so let's take let's let's take that step and say okay you attack somebody and kill them what emotions do you feel afterwards well, I mean, if it's justified, if he's trying to kill you, even I mean, if he even justified, if he like, slaps you and you fucking murder the guy, then obviously there's no justice there, you know. But if the guy has a gun to your fucking head, he's about to blow your head off, and you take the gun from him and shoot him in the face, I'm probably not going to feel that bad about it. You think I so? Just, I, I'm because he was about to kill me anyway. No, no, no. I, so. I understand at the moment. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go a month. Let's go a month down the line. I'll be like, damn, that was crazy how I had to kill that dude, and I fucking killed him, you know? Yeah. Like, God forbid that Obviously, this is hypothetical. Yeah, of you course. Know what I, mean? I, would so, like, never, I would never, but I'm just saying if my life was in danger, I, I'd like to think that I wouldn't hesitate to, to try to balance things out. Yeah. You know? So I wonder if that, if that means that maybe these ideas in the more minor setting like somebody bumps into you when they walk by you or something yeah well what's does it does it does it mean that that's that you can't go and smash that person i think it does it change does it change the moralistic value based on the circumstances like overall like you know what i'm trying to say man i think it's that kind of an eye for an eye type of world you know eye for an eye man if someone you know steps on my shoe you gotta step on their shoe. Yeah, but but I'm not like that. But I'm not like that, you know. Yeah. Like someone steps on my shoe, I'm gonna. I don't give a fuck about my shoes, man. I don't give a fuck it's, about you know any of that stuff. I'm the same way, dude. Like I feel like this last year, like I've been trying to find that yeah. that like sympathy because it doesn't. It's positive. If, if I get if I get upset, like if somebody cuts me off in traffic and I take it personal, and all of a yeah. sudden this little dragon of fire starts building in my stomach, like yeah. you motherfucker, and yeah, then it's like what. Good, and then what does that end up making me feel? Like, eventually I feel shitty. You're having becomes... negative thoughts? Nothing positive could come out of a negative thought. No. That's what I read somewhere, and I think that's true. I try to remember that shit. Yeah. Even if you're feeling, like, angry at someone, nothing positive could come out of that, or jealous, or envious, or fucking any type yeah. of negative feeling. Yeah. Try to but avoid you know what, it, though? it's hard, though. At the same time... I always say that I learn from my stupid, right? So yeah. I got to make a bunch of fucking mistakes to learn how to do something, right? Right. You know? Oh, yeah. And so, like, it's taken those, like, being jealous or envious or, yeah. or angry to know, like, you almost have to experience it to know that it's stupid, right? Yeah. So I, I know that if I get angry at some people in traffic because I'm stressed or anxious or, like, something happened, yeah. that it's just going to make me feel shitty for, like, 20 minutes. And yeah. it's not, I'm not going to gain anything. Oh, I if go through can, that if, every day. You know? If you could snip it in the bud right before you get in, before that chemical reaction is like, all right, it's fucking yeah. it's anger time. Yeah. You know, you feel better. Yeah, I feel you know, that. When you, do good, when you do good things for people, you don't feel shitty, right? Right. But when you do bad things and the things that you know you weren't supposed to do, you feel like a, a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah, I get frustrated easy. I lose my fucking patience all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But every time I feel that, I try to check it, you know? Give it a shot. Yeah. See what happens. Doesn't always work, though. Doesn't always work, dude. Sometimes I'm <laughs> pissed off for like three days straight. You're just like, oh, man, my life sucks. Starting to feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. You know? Bullshit. It's weird. Yeah. You, know? you get stuck in those fucking mentalities. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, dude. So you've been you've been doing graffiti forever, right? So well, I guess we talked. It was like your your catalyst, your starting. Yeah, that's probably like ninety. I don't know, man. I've been involved with graffiti for like since ninety two, probably. But yeah. a super toy to like at least the year two thousand, two thousand one, <laughs> two thousand two, maybe even last. Who knows, man? But it started off really bad, you know. But I was only like twelve years old. Well, so. shit. The com- if you compare the paint that you had to use in ninety nine compared to like what. 
kids coming up now have access to. Yeah. Like, just in oh, terms okay. of the, the materials being easier to use. Yeah. It's, uh, well, that's what kind of lost its appeal, like, graffiti for me. It's all the access. It, it's just, like, the whole fun of it for me was uh, the challenge of, like, trying to get your materials it was a full adventure, dude. The whole process was an adventure. Yeah. You didn't have no materials. You had to steal your shit. You only had, you know, a couple colors to work with. You had to scope out a spot, paint it, try not to, to get caught, and then the next day enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, before it gets and the whole that whole process was cool to me. But now it's, I don't know, I guess there's still some of that. But at the same time, I just don't think people appreciate that process, you know? It's more well, about... Well, you know, I somebody asked me recently... Um, like, what the beef is between, like, graffiti artists and, like, people who do, like, street art stuff. Yeah. Like, what that tension is. And I think there's something in that idea where, like, it was all in that process is what, what became, like, what was so fascinating for, for like, early graffiti artists, right? Yeah. Like, it was something that you had to do. Like, you had to go get these these energies out in some way or another, and it... it, it it manifested itself in, in the graffiti practice where I think a lot of like street art type of people are like really just trying to press the, the art that they make and are just looking at it as another voice to like, to, as a to talk to tool. like a large group of people, even beyond promotion, just as yeah. it's a, it's a, a an audience right. where like, I know that like within the graffiti community, the, the, it's the graffiti community. That's the audience. It's right. really not trying to reach that bold of an audience yeah you know like it and it's more about the practice itself than like the repercussions you know yeah. where it seems like street art is more about like the stories that people tell after it's up where graffiti is more about the stories you tell in the process maybe yeah there's i think there's some truth to that but um also i think a lot of the thing was like at least in my head when i was younger i'd, I'd be like okay well these people are just doing street art because they're trying, as a marketing tool, to make more money in the future. Yeah. Where as far as all the street kids that were painting graph had absolutely zero ambition to be a fucking art star or to even keep doing graffiti longer yeah. than a couple years. And that was where the fucking beauty was in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these fucking kids didn't give a shit, dude. They're just yeah. out there trying to have fun, trying to have some adventures, trying to be Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn, dude. You yeah. Know what I mean? and, yeah. And that was what's cool about it. But um, I just got to change my opinion, dude. Like, yeah. any any type of creative energy that you're putting out there is a good, positive thing, man. As That's what I try to tell people all the time. If you're yeah. making something that didn't exist before you made it, yeah. then then you're doing art, and that's fucking awesome, and I support you. Hell Even yeah. if it looks shitty. Hell yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell people, man. Because, yeah. man, a lot of times they're like, oh, look at that shitty painting. That guy's a shitty graffiti writer. This guy's music sucks. Or You know, it's like, nah, man, we got to be... 100% supportive of anyone that's being creative because there's too many people playing Guitar Hero and fucking, yeah, on, totally. you know, just not doing shit um, their time. I did this Live Free Wall project this this summer with the museum. Yeah. And I had as many people come out and paint on the wall as I could fit in there. Sick. And they, uh, you know, one girl came up and did uh, a big mural that she had never used spray paint before. But I was like, really? here's the, this box of spray paint. If yeah. you want to use it, you can get in there. And she ended up doing, like, her whole thing in spray paint. And she with, had never done that. No, just, she had brought all her paints and brushes and stuff. <laughs> and used some of that, too. But, yeah. like, got down. I, we had, a, like, a, a five-year-old boy, my friend's son, get in, get came involved. down and did some stuff. Nice. And, like, uh, just supported anyone who wanted to make something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And built this cool project around that idea. But that's said, whenever somebody's making something, I was like, yeah, go ahead, yeah. man, make it, do your thing. So you, uh, I say, God damn it! I'm really trying to stop saying so before I, I set up my questions. I'm oh, gonna really? learn how to do it. I do it every fucking time, yeah. and I thought I didn't do it that much on the Yomi interview, uh -huh. but I'm in the process of editing it right now. And I yeah. told him I was like, Yeah, I didn't say any so's. And going back, I'm that could be your so's. stick, though. That could be your so. But I'm noticing it on like other interviewer things. Uh -huh, other people do the doing thing? the same thing. What are, what's another option? You think? Just going right into the question okay. and not fucking. Okay, without yeah, you're it. saying so in your head. It's like um or uh. I yeah. love. I I think uh is a great word. It, yeah. Uh, it puts that. Part, it gives you that enough time to think. It's like a brain yeah. sound. And then it lets the listener know that something's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Pay attention um, right here. Yeah. So you got into doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. 
I think I still said yes. so after all that. But anyway. Did you? I almost thought you didn't say it. I think I did. Um, yeah, I started doing jiu-jitsu probably like four years ago. Yeah. Where do you Where do you train out of? Undisputed in North Park under Barrett Yoshida, one of the fucking amazing grappler man. One of the he's like world famous dude. And you're doing you're doing um, MMA as well too, right? Yep, I've had three uh, professional mixed martial arts fights, and then I've had um, a handful of amateur fights. So pretty fun, dude. And would you say you're you're mostly a jujitsu tactician? Um, yeah. Well, so far, I mean, I still want to have an MMA fight where it's mostly striking, but I'm so comfortable grappling. Yeah. And I haven't really got hurt in my three professional fights, and that's all thanks to grappling. Yeah. Yeah. I I I saw the video that you posted up. I posted up on my Facebook Sick. too. Thanks, of, man. Of the it. competition. You won that competition, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, First place, gold medal. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's so, rad. What uh, what weight class? It was uh, 149. 140. Uh, How tall yes. are you? Like six foot? Yeah, six feet tall. So yeah, and I fight at 135 though. Oh shit. So when I fight mixed martial arts, I fight at 135. So I'm pretty tall, 135er. You know, but um. When I was at 185, I was thinking that if I had to fight Anderson, like how how you, awful that would be. Probably get destroyed. Yeah. I, yeah, I would just fall down and cry. <laughs> that guy's a So, um, but yeah, but I think if I have another pro mixed martial arts fight, it's gonna be 145 pounds. Those guys are a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but. I wouldn't have to fucking starve myself, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'd rather, yeah. you know, man, I, I just want to be able to keep tattooing. If I make that cut, like, for two weeks, I'm super hungry. I'm fucking uh, just pissed off, you know what I mean? Taking, I don't know, man, I just, it's bad. It's bad for uh, for my work, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. bad for your health, too, to do those cuts sometimes, huh? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you do it right, dude, but yeah. I don't know, man. I just... Yeah. Better to get into that. Uh, well, I, I don't know. If I'd rather fight a big dude. If I win, cool. If he whips my ass, and that's kind of what it was meant to be, you know. Yeah. What? Uh, how? How many of the uh, uh, jujitsu competitions have you done? Because that that's Man, a that's a I, it's a way different animal than than an MMA. Like yeah, it's completely different. Yeah, situation. I think it's more of a real tactical, strategic chess match. Mm-hmm. Where in MMA, there's more more emotion gets involved in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, you really have to dig deep and bring out some real raw emotions to try to fucking... You're getting hurt. This guy's trying to finish you. Yeah. And you have to find the courage and the fucking will to be like, no, this isn't going to happen right now. I got to beat this dude. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I just... I I haven't watched that. I haven't seen that many jiu-jitsu competitions but i've been catching every now and then i'll find a cool yeah, video you posted the red man yeah the red guy was fucking badass that cartwheel <laughs> he that he does pulls up, man. Dude, yeah i i and people don't know who he is i guess no nah, i never but heard he, of him yeah, he, well he, he was he's probably good. somebody people know inside the yeah. mask he was so pretty, he takes uh, the mask off pretty good he was wrecking fools <laughs> he was man. choking pulls out but there is that there's that level of calm like Almost friendly sometimes. <laughs> like, you could tell some guys get a little pissed. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it could get emotional. You could yeah. definitely could get hurt. People get fucking passed out. People shit on themselves, dude, when you get choked out. It's yeah. crazy, bro. You get knees broken and fucking... Yeah. It's, it gets pretty harsh, Yeah, because it is submission grappling. Submission grappling, man. Some people don't want to submit. Yeah. They get right? shit broke. Yeah. Man, it's not cool. Yeah, that's fucking gnarly. Yeah, dude. You did, in the one video, you do the that leg triangle... Now, of, of course, I like I said, I haven't seen a ton of jujitsu competitions, right, so right. I'm not sure how how often people prefer. Do you know you know which one the, yeah, the, the body, body triangle? Yeah, the body triangle. The body triangle. You the way you wrap your leg up around the thing. Yeah. I'll put a link to on the blog to the video again. Okay, so cool. When, it, um, when I post it up. Yeah, you. That shit looks not, crazy, son. It looks like you. It's not you a, grow your leg out. Yeah. I, and it's fast, too. Are you talking about how I went into it, or are you talking about the actual holding him, holding him with the body triangle? No, the way you got to the body oh, triangle. okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you had had his, I think you had his back, and then you, it rolled over to the other corner of the mat. Yeah. It's right before the choke. It's right, right before right. the end, and you can't really see in the video, like, what the choke is. Yeah, yeah, I was just squeezing but the for shit you to get first. his back. You yeah, had to, I had right, to do you, some real weird maneuvers. Yeah, the way you got his back was was strange. It seemed like you you shouldn't have ended up. On I was kind of proud of that. I was kind of proud. That's of what that. I'm saying. Yeah. It's the way you you locked that 
that body lock on with your legs yeah, by pulling cool. your leg up underneath. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look yeah. normal. It doesn't no, look no, like I'm a human. I'm pretty flexible. And I've never seen anybody do that in MMA for sure. And no, no. I've never seen that in an MMA yeah. fight. I'm and hoping like, one day I'll be able to do that. That'd be fucking badass. Dude, it was crazy. And like I watched like the Eddie Bravo like when he posted yeah, his Bravo's jujitsu badass, videos like that, and stuff. Yeah. And so I like I've seen some stuff and but that shit looked crazy. Well, everything comes from Barrett Yoshida. You know, he's my jiu-jitsu instructor, but definitely Eddie Bravo. You know, if I had to have other people that influenced me as far as jiu-jitsu goes, he's one of them, dude. So that guy's with the rubber guard uh -huh. and using your flexibility and keeping your opponent, opponent close to you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That guy's badass, too. And you do you do no gi? No gi? I do no gi, but I've also been doing the gi lately and trying to do more tournaments. And uh, it's different fucking animal because you, you could grab onto people's uh, lapels right. and, and sleeves and shit. And there's it's more you get more to, like judo stuff in there, right? Yeah, like, it's more and, practical to streets, I think, because people obviously most likely going to be wearing a t-shirt yeah. if you ever have to defend yourself in the yeah. streets. You know? uh, the Noguera brothers just opened up a gym in San Diego. Yeah, dude. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's, uh, right by my girlfriend's work. Yeah. That's a trip, man. Yeah. San Diego has a big MMA type of thing going on, man. Yeah, a lot of the 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 guys train down here, right? Yeah, like, Dominic Cruz, Diego Sanchez, fuck, Brandon Vera. I mean, the list goes on, dude. There's like tons the of city fights. boxing was a, a catalyst for a lot of that, no? City box? I don't know, man. I, I would assume so, yeah, because they've been around they've been for around a minute. A long time. Yeah, they've been around, dude. So, I so they had the spot actually, over by City College for as long as I can remember. Is it still there? Yeah. Yeah, it is, huh? Mm -hmm. So those guys are dope, yeah. Um, North Park, the gym where I train at, I showed up there, dude, because I didn't have no money, and I know jiu-jitsu is real expensive. Yeah. And uh, I had noticed they had, like, some graph shit in there. Mm -hmm. And I just told them, you know, like, I really wanted to learn jiu-jitsu, and uh, I'm a local artist. And um, anyway, long story short, I was able to trade a painting to train there, dude. Which is wow. fucking super cool, man. That's right. Yeah. They still have that shit hanging in their wall. And obviously I try to, you know, contribute whatever I could yeah. to the gym. And they all they have that wall in the alleyway that always gets painted. Yeah, I think Briss painted, painted a few there, times. Mike Giant painted there. Yeah. I was able to paint there with Mike Giant. That was fucking super yeah. memorable. You know, he and I are doing a documentary right now. Really? It's, About what? Uh, uh, just me and him. Like yeah, we're doing. Uh, it's kind of like a tale of two cities type of deal. Yeah. So we have a San Diego artist and a San Francisco artist. Right. And uh, my buddy Jeff Durkin runs a um, a film production company. Nice. I just wanted to do this documentary on San Diego art, and then yeah. asked me if there was somebody up in San Francisco who, because he has a, a videographer or a, a filmmaker up there and that he's that. working with. So it's like taking these two stories and then putting them together. You know. So we sick, just dude. up there, he tattooed me. And he's been tattooing me for yeah. I heard 10 he's tattooing years. again, right? Yeah, like once like, in a while. Yeah, like once yeah. a week or something. Like that's sick. Dude. I'm gonna try to sneak a little Mike Giant tattoo one day. Yeah, that's yeah. a beast, dude. Yeah. yeah, definitely one of the first major influences on me. You know? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think uh, him and uh, definitely like Zodak and Persuade as far as graph yeah. goes. Right. And then uh, Barry McGee. For me, I had to learn how to paint. Right. So I had to look at like processes and try to like look at works and then figure out how the process worked mm -hmm. because I didn't have a, I didn't have a teacher telling me, OK, you lay this color of paint down, then you lay this one down and yeah. then you do this and that. And, you know, I had to learn from my stupid and learn from mistakes. And also mm -hmm. I was, you know, when we're young, we just sponge up so much information. Yeah, for sure. Like looking back on it 10 years ago, like. You don't think, you know, you're just living your life and doing your thing yeah. and, like, just having fun or whatever, but you're also gaining a bunch of wealth of information. Yeah, you for know, sure. In a different way than we do now. So with the internet, it's... it's yeah, probably, I mean, back then I was still magazines, dude. I was still looking at art magazines or graffiti magazines, and that was my right. major source of inspiration That's, for anything, you know? So. I, tell, I told the story earlier, but... Uh, Graph kid in in high school would bring in the magazines that he gets from that we you know he'd go to fucking tower and yeah get them there and yeah, like right they had right all there. the fucking good graph mags right yeah. so he'd bring them in and it'd always be the giant pieces that I would see the giant oh, yeah yeah I think with I the big fucking that. weird characters on the end yeah, and it's like sure, god dude. damn this shit is fucking fresh yeah. and then for me is uh, Zodak was fucking murdering shit dude yeah. like here in San Diego like in the yeah. mid nineties dude I mean he still is of course he doesn't paint as often or whatever yeah. but so to me, that was like the ultimate 
thing you can do with spray paint is what he was doing. You know? It's in, it's intense to go back and look at that shit, like what pe- the work that people were making, and yeah. think about that they were using like those fucking shitty ass cans that yeah. fucking There's sprayed one hundred fifty five thousand miles an hour. Yeah, they only have a couple tips, you know. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. And now, man, like they commissioned me to paint something, and they're like, "Well, get some pl- supplies." I don't know what tip goes where and what goes with what, and it's just like, oh man, man. <laughs> I'd just be doing a pain at home. Uh, does that like, mean you're old now? It means I'm old. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting old, man. I'm like, oh, look at these youngsters like yeah, using the every fuck fucking. They do. Yeah, but there's so many good artists here. You know, so many fucking good artists. It's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. I'm gonna go to Miami in December for, for the Basel. Art. Yeah, nice. I went there last year. Felt like a piece of like dirt you know oh, what I mean? like, no way. those guys are like there's people out there fucking killing it dude. it's yeah. just inspirational yeah you know? right like, it doesn't make me go oh, i don't want to do shit no more yeah it's yeah. more like damn i need to work harder you know? yeah that's good challenge is yeah. good man crazy shit man like like you know fifty thousand dollar paintings you know just right there in front of you in some little booth yeah i'm just like how does that happen i've never gone down for any of those fucking things i'd like to but it's like yeah yeah. I'd like to go down and do murals though. Like yeah. I, I really started. I this summer I put a, a significant effort into doing like big street. Sean Dews told me you guys painted something together, right? Yep. Yeah, I didn't get to see yeah. it. I painted like dope. five five spots in Barrio Logan. How'd you get those uh, walls? You just go around asking, showing well, portfolios. Or... I did. Um, I did the wall over on um, Sigsby, Sigsby, and uh, I forget what the cross street is over there in the Barrio. Mm-hmm. But um, I did this little rooftop spot for my friends on their studio just for fun or whatever. And uh, the guy who owned that building let them know that there is another building uh, right there by the ballpark. Yeah. 70-foot long wall that's 23-foot tall Damn, that I could paint if that? I want. Well, I painted that one yeah. by myself. What would you do on that? That's crazy. I did a it's huge a head. Ball. I did a 23-foot tall head with a big beard and a mustache that yeah. curled out all the way to the ends. Uh-huh. That's still there? Uh-huh. It's Jeez. on, um, it's 14th and K, I think. Wow, savage. Yeah, it was, it was intense. And it, it was crazy because it gave me this huge amount of um, confidence. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to paint this big fucking yeah. thing. I paint things that are like 8 by 10 Like, that that's my comfort play, zone. Huh? That comes into play. So, literally, the one eyeball was my wingspan, right? Yeah. Oh, fuck. So, I'm up there. I'm like, well, I hope I do this right. Like, yeah. thinking I'm going to draw half of it, and then the other half is going to be like off kilter. Because right. perspective gets fucked when you're yeah. that close, right? That was a, a big big part of my my issues with painting big was like it would fuck up my perspective right, like right. i just would make little mistakes but so i had this little printout of like my drawing like a sketch that i did like yeah. superimposed on the wall okay so i had oh, and there was nice. a drain so i gave myself like a like a point of reference yeah yeah from there sick. and it just worked right yeah. like i could have very easily that, made Photoshop? a mistake somewhere yeah, well, actually, somebody did it for me. Like, the yeah. guy who set up the wall for me. Yeah. He was like, because they wanted to see what it was going to look like. They let me do that's probably they let me do whatever I wanted, but they just wanted to have an idea of what was going to be done. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I was surprised. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. So, I did that shit, and I was like, dude, if I could paint this big and paint this thing by myself in this amount of time, then I could do anything. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, yeah. I was just like, fuck it. Let's still on a tear now. That's what I thought. And uh, I went to this wall recently, and I painted it, and then I fucking straight choked, dude. I straight choked. I was like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Yeah. And I had a feeling, because I didn't have that confidence, man, because I was too worried about what they wanted, and I know they wanted a certain vibe, and they wanted a certain look, and this and that, man. And and sure enough, dude, I get the word that they didn't like what I painted, and I was Uh. like, oh, Fuck, dude. So I was just going to bite the bullet and say, oh, fuck that. I painted you and I'm an artist. I yeah. But instead, dude, I went there like a man, dude, and repainted my shit. Wow. That takes and, a lot. No, but it was the right call, man. And, you know, like, fuck, dude. It looks a lot better now. Yeah. And it was just the right thing to do. But, yeah, I fucked that one up, man. So so I lost my confidence. I was like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm about to go to Miami what? and try to flex in front of all these dudes. Yeah, and I'm right shit. here doing some whack shit. You know what I mean? That's so, a, that was something that I wanted to bring up for you uh, to talk about was that when you become such a renaissance man like yourself, oh, do you find <laughs> very fun? <formal. laughs> do you find uh, 
you start to like lose it a little bit, like like what you're talking about. So, for instance, if I don't do like my fine ink like brushwork for a yeah. while, the first time I get back to it, my yeah. hand will feel shaky. Like yeah, right, right. Like, I and you know, of course, it's like a bike you get back on. But yeah, do you find you you lose some of those techniques? I, I think I would, skill? but I've really been doing everything that I'm into. I've been doing it, you know consistently yeah, right so that's the way to protect so go, from yeah, that yeah dude, that's the way to protect from that that graffiti shit i think it had to do more with with the what they wanted me to paint and it wasn't really my type of deal and, and right. I, I agreed to something i shouldn't have agreed to you know yeah I mean? you know? yeah i did i i talked about that in the illustration class that i just ta that i just taught at city college um I have I had two I I brought this T-shirt that just got done with an illustration that I had I had done just an ink drawing yeah. um, with brush that I did for myself for my own pleasure right. that a company decided that they liked and wanted to turn into a product right mm. super smooth I just gave them the files I got paid yeah. I got some products and and it was a cool company it's a cool company I work with and and it was a process that worked really smooth and fine. But I got asked to do this snowboard, right? Right. Through cores. And the people know exactly what type of work I make. They've seen right. all the stuff that I've done. And yet they asked me to do this fucking weird thing that's different from my normal stuff, right? Right, right. And all of a sudden it puts like this extra <laughs> pressure, right? Like all of a sudden you have to you have to make something that's gonna appease somebody else. Yeah. Where when you're making personal work, you're only looking out for you. You know what you want to accomplish and, and you could do that and you you're only you're only saying you're only approving it by yourself like right, it doesn't right. matter what other people yeah, think until you know it gets out there in the public and then whatever happens happens but when you're creating something specifically for somebody and it has to be this particular thing how do you feel about it when you get oh it turns into something different i think yeah. it's miserable yeah. i don't have fun doing it <laughs> i feel like i feel like really anxious about it i feel like yeah. like insecure like Ooh, this isn't good enough for right, this thing. Right. They yeah, like they have insane. like I put this pedestal up, right? Like yeah. above what I make because it's something different. Yeah, it feels totally opposite from the work that I make personally. Yeah, well, my boy, no grass, no gratification, none of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because he was my boy. Told me like, do your old shit though. We want you to do your old style. And that's what kind of I was like. Oh. <laughs> First of all, you're telling me I suck right now. Second of all, what the fuck is my old style? What do you mean by that? You know what I mean? And that's where it all just went to shit, dude, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing. Oh, we want you to do this, though. As soon as that comes into play, right? You know, man. But, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Sometimes you shouldn't agree to do shit, right? Yeah. It's hard, though. Yeah, of course. I want to get involved in everything. Yeah, I'll take that job on. So do you uh, You keep up with the... See, I did the fuck. <sighs> But it's 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 a good spot for shifting subjects. For sure. For sure. Um, do you follow the UFC? Yeah. No, I'm stuff? into that. You're all into the the whole scene, right? I'm into it. You yeah, got any picks it. for this weekend? Have we got a, an event coming up. You know who's fighting? Oh, yeah, we got Machida and Rampage, right? Oh yeah, that's the main event. Yeah, dude. Um, man, dude, I don't, I don't know. I'm not. I'd like to say uh, I'd like to go for Rampage on that, dude. Even though Machida has a cool style. I don't know, something about Rampage smoking blunts maybe or something that appeals to me about him. The fact that he did the A-team, I don't know about that. You know, whatever, though. Yeah, but. you got to get paid. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I, I, I've been a huge Rampage fan for... That's the one, forever. though. Forever. Yeah, the, the Joe right Lazon, uh, the other fight, the undercard. Uh-huh, Joe Luozon. Yeah, against uh, the, the Australian dude. That's going to be the that's gonna be the fight that I'm really interested in, and that one looks fucking cool. George that, Stephanopoulos so. from Australia uh -huh. versus yeah. Joe Lozon. Both of those guys are I think, beast, dude. I love that fight. I think George. I think the Greek is gonna jack is him he up. A Greek? I think he's Greek. I think he's in Greek. Australia or something. Yeah. I don't know. Or he has he has a Greek last name. But yeah, that's a Greek last name. I don't know, man. But he, I think he might win too, man. He is so underrated, dude. That guy's a beast. He dude. trains over at um at Eddie Bravo's. Stephanopoulos does? Uh -huh. Yeah, he does aerobic art shit. Yeah, he does jujitsu yeah. over there. So, yeah, I think, well, you know, Leota got knocked the fuck out last time, right? That was his last fight, getting that knocked was out by. Such, uh, such a good fight, dude. By the Brazilian? Shogun. By Shogun? Shogun knocked him out, dude. Yeah. I have to say, I was going for Shogun. I think a lot of people were. 
and he knocked him the fuck out. That yeah, the crazy. Shogun looks so terrible against Forrest Griffin, and then again he Coleman, had another fight that yeah, uh, yeah. I guess he didn't look bad, but fighting Mark Coleman, why are they having Shogun fight Mike? Yeah, uh, and he didn't even whip Mark Coleman's ass. And Mark Coleman's kind of an older dude, you know what I mean? Mark Coleman's like a grandpa. Yeah. But he's back on track, dude. I mean, I guess he had surgery or something, but... Yeah, I'm looking for cool. Rampage to put the stomp on him. I'd like to see that. I yeah. wanted to see... Well, actually, his last few fights have been kind of disappointing. Rampage? Yeah. I'm not too... To me, I mean... When, I he, came, dude, when but... he came into the UFC, he was yeah. fucking a bulldog. He yeah. had the first fight that was kind of, like, nervous. Yeah. And then he just started smashing fools. Oh, like, you know when he knocked uh, out Chuck? Friends with Rampage is a witness... Uh, the, he used to write tight back in the day. Yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Amazing artist, dude. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, dude, he's friends with uh, Rampage. Yeah, yeah, so he's hilarious too. Like that's almost like when he did the the UFC show or the the Ultimate Fighter yeah. show. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was a coach. Fucking yeah. hilarious. But yeah, he didn't seem like that good of a coach though. Yeah. Like the fools kept losing. So we got BJ Penn and Matt Hughes three. I get right. This is their third yeah, fight. Third it seems fight. like a weird fight though. But BJ Matt Penn. Hughes has been smashing people up. Yeah, he's been doing good, dude. But obviously, I'm jujitsu dude. Love BJ Penn. He's yeah. Hawaiian. I'm all about people from the islands right. and shit. So he's kind of been disappointed. Like, yeah, but you know yeah, those fights. Be, I mean, Frankie Edgar's those a bad Frankie one. Frankie Edgar. I'm really just bored by those fights. Doesn't finish him, huh? It just keeps jabbing yeah. and jabbing and like, I want to see shit finished, yeah. Right. Like, it seems like... Like, I, it, it's, it tends to be those guys that are matched up perfectly. They're, like, equally skilled to have those fights. But it seems to be a, a rash of those happening in the UFC where it's like, you know you won two rounds and you just try to fucking... Finish it. Yeah. Or you or you not try to finish it, but you try to get the win, right? It's such a bad I think it's just GSP bad, has dude. been doing that too. That's why I'm not a fan of GSP, man. He's a, one of the best fighters in the whole world, but I think he's fighting to win instead of fighting to be a fucking fighter, you know? Yeah. Like I think it, there's it, so it, much it, money involved in endorsements and all this shit, dude. And you like, just gotta keep that belt, right? You're like, oh man, I, I have to win this fight no matter what. Okay, well how many points do I have? But the true spirit of fighting is Two people, let's see who's going to be the actual winner here, you know what yeah. I mean? Because who's to say if they got to round 15, he kept he kept up that shit and the yeah, other guy like, smashes on him, you know? In the WEC, in those same uh, weight classes, we're seeing people get stopped. People are oh, fucking, yeah. like, really exciting fights, yeah, dude, you know? Yeah, and, like, the Bellator fights and some Bellator of, like, the... Bellator fights are awesome. Yeah, dude. And yeah. people were, like, put, like, looks like they're, put, like in the work to try to make it like they're hungrier yeah yeah i mean i think it'd be for any organization it's just if you have that in you you know like do you want to win by points and are you playing this you know just just for the game of it or actually are you playing it for the spirit of being an artist you know what i mean and that is like you know trying to trying to put your style on the fucking out there and overcoming you know what i mean being yeah there's something weird that happens there when it turns into you know, obviously, it's all these guys is loved, right? Because yeah. you couldn't put in the amount of time and, and effort and focus and drive to get to that that stage if it wasn't. But yeah, it's a sport like, and an art. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it turns into just a job, though. Too, I find that like, job, same with art, with artwork. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, I'm making all these things that I I have that are heartfelt and are real and like they're a part of me. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to make a dollar so I can pay my rent and and do this silly shit and involved in capitalism right yeah, yeah and so like i'm looking at it as this product that i have to sell yeah i guess that's uh for any medium right right yeah you're either doing it for the love of it you're doing it for the money you're doing it for both but you got to find the balance and it's just like one of those one of those little games you got to play yeah it's weird, but in the, at the same time like when that big money comes in who's to say that, that doesn't in? change us right yeah who's i wouldn't to say know that, yeah <laughs> i wouldn't know but i want right. i want to get tested though you know i want someone to offer me 50 g's <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 choke the motherfuckers out i'm sure you'll get <laughs> yeah. there man let's promote some of your stuff where can uh people can people so I want to get a yeah. If somebody wants to get an appointment, what do they need right to do? by Pokies, you could uh, find me on Facebook, Sergio S U R G E underscore M D R at Yahoo. That's like my email. And then uh, other than that, I just finished that CD. I'm gonna put it on my website for five bucks. You know, just so people could could listen to it. Eventually, I want to put it on vinyl. That'd be fucking awesome. And then uh, what's the website? SurgeMDR.com. 
And then uh, that's about it, man. Other than that, you know, if someone gets in contact with me, wants me to paint something, I'll definitely get into that. All right, my friend. Thank you very oh, yeah, much for doing the show. You feel yeah. good about it? I feel great about it, dude. Awesome. Yeah, you going to take me and go do a uh, jiu-jitsu class? Come through, man. We'll go and uh, partner you up with, you know, fuck someone that's not going to be a fucking able about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's fun, dude. Yeah. I feel like I have some information about process, but since I've never done it, I know that I'm not going to be the, like, you know how you always want to be, like, the best at something right away? Like, right. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. It took me about a year before I was even comfortable with, like, okay, you know, but it's so fun, dude, and you get better every time you do it, you know, yeah. just like anything else. Like chess. I, I learned how to play chess. I have good, good defensive, but my offense sucks. Yeah. I don't shit. know where to go. Cause, just because I haven't learned. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Look into that shit. All right, Serge. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thank you again. Later, guys. The devil's in black and plan, hoping that you won't notice this guy. Elevate, elevate, black is moving inside your residence. And if you fight that hand, let your fans at the end. You could get cattle tricking out. No need to shoot the cold, get loaded, get demoted. Snowy flowers with gas masks, asthmatic, blindfolded with loaded weapons. Seconds, white out in split seconds. A cold mechanism, crowding the better wisdom. White windshield, deep in the shield. Feel big like egg with you. Music in today's podcast by Sergio Hernandez Roaches with music by NRR Sergio Billboards with music by Psycho Pop and Riz a Glorious Day